Hello, Solving Water podcast listeners. Whether you've been a loyal follower since we launched in 2019 or recently found Xylem's podcast dedicated to sharing conversations with water industry experts, you're invited to join me, Amanda Holloway, and the host of Solving Water in taking a look back at some of my favorite episodes recorded over the past 18 months. As mentioned during last week's final full episode of 2020, we're taking a short break from sharing new content until mid-January. But that doesn't mean you have to endure the next few weeks without solving water in your life. For your listening pleasure, here are my top five episodes of 2020 in no particular order. A link to each episode can be found in the show notes and on our social media channels. And if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome, and I hope you enjoy this snapshot into the insightful discussions we aim to share on Xylem's Solving Water podcast. Okay, the first episode that came to mind as one to make sure you don't miss is Combating Forever Chemicals in Water with Mark Hansel and Kevin Fliss. If someone is consuming water that is contaminated, there are higher risk of medical issues arising. So I think that's what's really bringing this more to a forefront. And I've known Mark since starting my career with Xylem, oh man, back in 2010. Um, And he's just a wealth of industry knowledge. Like he's just been in the industry for so long, 35 years or more. And so he always has such insightful things to say. And both Mark and Kevin have been multiple time guests on Solving Water and their, their insights into forever chemicals, which includes PFAS and PFOA in water was really fascinating. It's also to me, one of the more mainstream topics that we've discussed this year on solving water, which is good and bad, right? Because good that we're, we're raising awareness, our collective awareness about these chemicals in water supply and bad because of the fact that we have to raise the awareness of these chemicals. They're really causing some serious harm to people and animals and the environment based on, you know, contamination of potable water supplies in the U.S. So this episode is an opportunity for you to get more information about these contaminants of emerging concern, something I found tremendously helpful, uh, especially after streaming the movie Blackwater with Mark Ruffalo. If you haven't seen it, please check it out earlier this year. Number two, tracking COVID-19 through wastewater sampling. Uh, so yeah, the, the efforts that are taking place outside of wastewater monitoring, is, as we all kind of know, it's going to be the swab samples and the antibody tests that you can you know, have blood drawn from yourself. But uh, realistically, those samples do take a long time to get the results back from. So you know, we've, we've all heard the horror stories about a 10 to 14 day turnaround time. And by that point, you, know, you could be in a hospital anyway. So with wastewater, sampling, you can actually have a turnaround time in about one to two days to see what's going on in your area. So you have an advanced notice of, hey, we're about to have a really big influx of patients in our healthcare facilities. So we need to like step it up and start ordering things. We need to get those gloves and the PPE and all that kind of stuff and be prepared. Um, so wastewater monitoring really gives us that, that head start and the advantage in really battling this virus. So right around the time of WEFTEC, which was in early October, we did a series of podcasts uh, with some guests that were actually videos that we turned into podcasts 
Um, and Weftech was completely virtual this year. And so I was able to speak with two of my colleagues in um, Xylem's analytics business. And it was super timely and really, really interesting. I thought the discussion was especially important because it highlights the many different aspects of how a virus like COVID-19 impacts the water industry. And what I mean by that is that, you know, one way the pandemic has impacted our industry is the safety of uh, water and wastewater plant operators. So these are like the unsung heroes, you know, the, the essential workers that we don't always talk about, right? We always think of healthcare workers as being like the frontline workers, but water industry professionals are right there with them in terms of um, being essential and having to come to work. So, and they have to work in conditions regardless of the risks in water, just to ensure that our, you know, our, our water treatment and wastewater treatment processes continue to work. So from a worker safety standpoint, I wanted to learn more about tracking COVID-19 in wastewater and these, these two colleagues of mine were talking with me about an automatic sampling system that we have. And I found out that it, it not only protects essential workers from having to manually access wastewater and sample it ongoing, but it also helps alert communities of people like hospitals, schools, universities, office buildings to potential outbreaks of coronavirus. So basically what it does, and you've seen some stories in the news about this, where a college campus will go in and sample localized wastewater um, from like a dormitory or some sort of campus building, and they can track uh, COVID-19 in the wastewater to see if there's potential for an outbreak. And so they can alert everybody. It's just a really really interesting conversation. So um, go ahead, listen to it. Let me know what you think. I will say that there's some pretty innovative ways we can learn about circumventing viral outbreaks through wastewater sampling that I never knew before. So definitely check that out. The third episode I want to call out is using wastewater to brew safe, sustainable beer. We talk about that a lot in the beer industry, um, kind of how water affects your your beer. And, you know, we, we do some treating as far as kind of adding calcium or, or some acid or whatever to balance pHs and things like that to really dial in, depending on what you're doing for beer styles as well. Like, you know, a, a lager would be a bit different than a, than a stout, that kind of thing. Um, but that was one thing that we were super excited to do was take a blonde ale, which is a beer we actually make with city water all the time, and decided we would use that beer because... It's really light. It's really kind of um, easy to drink. There's not a whole lot of big malt or big hops in it, which means that the water shines through quite a bit more than in some of our other beers. Um, so that was what we wanted to do was to see, okay, we've got this, this water. Um, can we make it taste exactly like the blonde that we produce year round? Who doesn't enjoy a delicious craft beer? Just me? Oh, okay. <laughs> but have you had a craft beer brewed from human wastewater? Probably doesn't sound too appealing, but water and beer cleaned and treated from wastewater is actually safer than other drinking water sources are. It's like cleaner. And if you're astonished by this, I mean, that's how I was when I first learned about the water reuse process for potable water a few years ago. I think you're going to love this episode. Um, I get to speak with Christine O'Grady from the University of Calgary and a local brewer from Village Brewery in Alberta, Canada, 
And then two of our asylum experts. So it was a big group of us on a call talking about how we were all involved in a collaboration to bring craft beer brewed from wastewater to the Alberta community. So it was a collaboration among Xylem and our UV disinfection solutions and the University of Calgary's Advancing Canada's Wastewater Assets Program, also known as Aqua. And then Village Brewery was super willing to brew a beer from treated wastewater. So they created a 1600 can run of a blonde ale, and I guess it sold out super fast. So it really gave uh, Christine and the Aqua program the chance to challenge the system and then more importantly, educate the public about the quality of reuse water. So really different conversation. I don't get to have uh, conversations about beer on solving water all that often. So I, I encourage you to check that one out. The fourth episode I have here is with Water Environment Federation's Chief Medical Officer on water equity and worker safety. The Water Environment Federation is a longtime partner of Xylem's. And recently we teamed up um, by hiring a chief medical officer. So the chief medical officer, who I'll refer to as CMO or Dr. Sanderson moving forward, he is the first CMO that WEF has had. And then on top of that, Xylem has sponsored his position. You know, I was practicing medicine GI for you know, a number of years and then decided to go back to school because I was interested in uh, health policy and public health. And in that space, I became uh, more interested in environmental health. And so when this opportunity arose for me to kind of work on a different skill set um, and to, you know, expand my knowledge of uh, ways to keep people healthy, um, you know, I jumped at the chance. I had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Andrew Sanderson, who is a gastroenterologist at Howard University Hospital, and then also this new CMO. And then we also had Al Cho from Xylem, who if you haven't heard him speak, um, you really need to because he's just completely articulate and eloquent and so very knowledgeable. It was really interesting to learn how and why the CMO position was created and what the role entails, especially during the time of Corona. So Dr. Sanderson discusses how he plans to identify and mitigate risks associated with working on the front lines of a water or a wastewater treatment facility. He talks about how his background in gastroenterology is helping him in the role and then the, the various projects he's already kicked off. So I just love that Xylem helps spearhead this WEF CMO role and for the greater good, Dr. Sanderson's work will bring to the water industry in addition to public health and safety. And last, but certainly not least, is the episode where I interviewed Paul O'Callaghan, who is the co-producer of the documentary Brave Blue World on Netflix. And the episode is titled The Making of Netflix's Brave Blue World with film producer Paul O'Callaghan. And he gave me uh, the behind the scenes story of how the film was made. With all of the fantastic work that we were doing in the sector, perhaps what we needed to do was to really engage with people. Because that's what I could see when I traveled to places like Singapore and the awareness among the average person is so high about water that if you get into it, when I get into a taxi cab in Singapore on my way in from the airport, they'll start talking to me about water when they know why I'm there. 
And straight away, they're so excited to tell me about the four taps in Singapore and the new water plant. And I found that's incredible. If you can get to that level of awareness, and the same was true in the Netherlands. I was at an airport and I, I was putting my report through the x-ray machine and the lady who was scanning it said, ah, you're in water. She said, in the Netherlands, we're all in the water. Essentially, they're underground or they're below sea level in water. So the idea was if you could communicate outside of our industry to a broader audience and the power of storytelling is a great way to do that because as human beings, that's how we best absorb information. I guess what my favorite thing about this interview was that I, I really enjoyed getting Paul's optimistic perspective on how we can solve the global water crisis by essentially attacking the issue locally and expanding existing small-scale technologies. So just getting the inside scoop on how the film came together, um, what's next for Paul and his Brave Blue World Foundation. I mean, it was super interesting, really fun. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, you need to you need to see it. It's it's on Netflix, um, and uh, I you know I also encourage you to to take a listen to this interview as sort of a companion piece to it. And I know I said I was going to share my top five episodes of the year, but I do have one more that we'll call an honorable mention. And that is of the interview I did with Xylem's chief marketing officer, Joe VZ, back in February in the back of a van on our way back to the airport from our first hometown H2O project in Virginia. Watermark's uh, in its 10th or 11th year, so it's, it's been going on for a while. And when you think about the transition, uh, it really started as, you know, purely a philanthropic uh, type, type initiative. Um, and then, you know, 2016, 17, 18, in that, in that period, we shifted into uh, driving employee engagement, and that was uh, a new kind of chapter when yeah. it comes to Watermark. Uh, we, and the team did just an amazing job. And, you know, for me, uh, what I love is um, a lot of our folks, you know, want to join a water technology company and solve water. And they want to live the mission of the company, which is to solve water. Absolutely. But, you know, s- some folks can actually do that, right, in terms of their reg- you know, their everyday job. But if you're, say, if you're in accounting, I've had accountants say, you know, I just come to the office. I kind of go to my computer. I do right. my accounting. I go home. Where is this solving water part of the story and now we you know more than encourage every employee to get out on a watermark event uh, we really focus watermark on water related challenges on education or access to water and things like that it allows every employee in the company live the mission of the company every single one so first of all the project itself was amazing we worked with the chris long foundation's water boys initiative to bring clean running water to a family of six, soon to be seven, that didn't have any access to it. In fact, the the home had no working plumbing. So we spent the day working with the team, volunteering to get the well drilled and up and running. And after we watched the moment the family turns on their kitchen faucet for the first time, we had to leave right away. So Joe didn't miss his flight. And we had planned earlier in the day to sit down somewhere on the property and interview for this podcast episode, but we just didn't have a chance. So we just decided to fire up the equipment in the back of the van on route. And our producer was driving and I'm in this minivan and sitting in the back with 
our CMO and having a, a really great discussion as they, they all are with Joe, um, to reflect on, you know, what we just witnessed and participated in, and then just the overall work that Zalem Watermark and our people do around the world all the time to live our mission of solving water. So it was just a really nice kind of fun conversation to have in a strange circumstance, but it worked out well. So there you have it. My top five solving water episodes of 2020 plus one honorable mention again from everyone here at Xylem. Thank you for listening this year and have a safe, healthy and happy holiday season. And we'll see you in January. Solving Water, a Xylem podcast is available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify and Google. Please consider giving us five stars on Apple if you like our content. And don't forget to reach out to me at amanda.holloway at xyleminc.com with show ideas, feedback for improvement, or to be a guest.